Welcome to the To Emerge podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Emerge Mothers Academy, a Twin Cities nonprofit equipping single moms through social work, counseling, work preparation, and a microloan grant program. We believe all moms can emerge as confident women and caring moms. To get involved or support us, please visit EmergeTwinCities.org. These are stories of women, mothers, and enterprises filled with grit, gumption, and overcoming. We're in the midst of adversity. We see her rise up. She makes a choice. She chooses to emerge. I'm your host, Becca Erickson. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the To Emerge podcast. I am actually with a fierce Twin Cities entrepreneur who's also a mom, Kylie Leonetti, who I adore. And by the end of this, you guys all will. If you haven't already heard of her, which there's probably a good chance you have, uh, she is mom to Lola and has three really hot irons in three really hot fires for her three uh, businesses that I'll let her talk more about. Um, But very creative woman, um, but still very grounded and cares so much about building up the whole entrepreneur empowerment movement for all women in Twin Cities, which is why we love her. But there's oh, so, much, so much so more to your story that I want to get into and then also kind of talk about your enterprises, um, but also your role in Lola's life and the whole beginning and all that good stuff. So I'm so glad that you are here. Thank you so much for having me. I, I say I do a lot of things, but I really only do one thing well, which is like laser focus on something at uh, any given point in time. So I'm good at focusing on things. And, and actually right now is a great time to talk about this. I... I feel like I'm surrounded by single moms. So I I really value the time in my own life that I was a single mom and it was not forever, but it was this time in my life where I feel like I really just learned the most about myself and then carried that learning through um, Mm -hmm. into my thirties, which is where I'm at now. But thank you so much for having me today. Oh my word. Absolutely. Okay. So tell me about this whole, I laser focus in on one thing so that I do it well. Cause sometimes we're just like random shots of chaos doing things half the way that we should. So how do you do that? I feel like people who can do that are in more places than I am at once. But I, I don't do well with trying to take on, I have a lot on my plate, but I really will only focus on one thing on that plate at a time. And yeah, right, right now for me, it's about building a confetti business, which is not something I anticipated. If I would have made a vision board, which I did many times, I never <laughs> would have put uh, starting confetti as a business on there. But the opportunity just really opened itself up to me. So here I am. But I've had to really learn to let go of a lot the things that people, many times well-intentioned people say, someone like me should do, or someone like me should have, or Mm. focus on, and really pursue that one thing. And now three weeks ago, that one thing was my daughter going back to school. And for a lot of people, especially people without kids, they can't really fathom why you would take butt ton of time off work and just hang out with your family and, and sit around a campfire and talk about, we really did just focus on her and focus on what's coming up for you? What are you nervous about? What are you excited about? What can we do to help you prepare for that? And really as a result of that focus, we didn't have a jolty start to the year. We didn't have Mm. what we used to have, which is, you know, chaos, who's doing what, what is everyone doing? Because we set that intentional time. And I say we, it was really me and Lola. It was, we were like, okay, we're not going to go do a bunch of other things. We're going to go hang out by a campfire and we're just going to get ourselves ready for a new start. I love that. Oh, well, thanks. And it you, was, you created the kind of life for yourself where you can have that kind of margin. 
you know, right. and, and having experienced single motherhood, you understand the crucial relationship and the bond that you guys have and how you're already oh. a, a decade into it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's unlike any other relationship. I think, I think every dad has a place and Lola has two dads at this point, but I think there's nothing quite like the relationship that a woman has with the child that she gave birth to, or yes. she adopted, or however it is that that child came into her life. That is a serious role. And it's not one that I think society wants us to emphasize. It's not one that we're rewarded for emphasizing. We're rewarded for emphasizing ourselves and our own mm. role in our own life. But we really find ourselves too, I think, if we focus on them. Um, and, and not all the time. I mean, right now she has definitely gotten used to take out dinner because I'm back to focusing on <laughs> other things. <laughs> She's like, is it Chinese food again? <laughs> okay. Oh, all right, mom. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think sometimes society, you know, when they do praise parenthood, it's more about performance and what the children are pumping out for outcomes Absolutely. rather than like, did you nurture your child well? And did you teach them to be a person of mercy and a person who notices people? It's like, why aren't we yeah. valuing that? Yeah. Those are, the, those are the qualities we want in our leaders, but we're not willing to start reinforcing it with positive, you know, just thank you so much for doing that nice thing no one asked you to do. And that's just the kind of thing you can tell your kids so they recognize, oh, I wasn't asked to do this. I chose to be a nice person. And the reward for that is that there's a more harmonious atmosphere at home right now. I had had someone tell me recently, they're like, Lola just seems like she really knows who she is. And I was like, all right, that's, that's great. (laughs) That's all I need. That's all I need. I don't need to know anything else. My job here is done. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But anyway, I know that's also, it's, it's not a life everyone can create. And I understand that. I think there's ways that you can implement that though, you know, kind of whatever your schedule is, it's about just zeroing in on the one thing when it matters. No kidding. No kidding. Super hard to do. I have two things I want to circle back on. um, And I'll tell you what both of them are and you can freely speak to them. But one is you mentioned you're building more in the confetti business rather than your filmmaking with your husband. And then two is, the amount of time that you've spent cultivating a relationship with Lola, is that you think it was sort of exacerbated by your single motherhood years? Or is it just who you are who wants to ingrain some deep moral character in her? And then how Ooh, are I you I wish it was that one. Juggling? That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> and how am I juggling? Whew. Well, okay. So let's first talk about the Lola thing. We'll get that out of the way. I think okay. being her mom as a single mom, it really forced me to get real with what that relationship looks like. I think sometimes, especially now that I'm remarried, the attention so easily can be on the parents. It's so much about what we have going on and what we're going to do. And even the weekend plans, did you get a babysitter? Can we go out? And Mm -hmm. that's fine. That is well and fine. But that option is not on the table when you're a single mom. Because even if you (laughs) had someone someone to go on a date with, I mean, I didn't have the money for a babysitter. I didn't have the money for uh, like awesome half my, I'll pay my half at a date. You know, I didn't have that kind of opportunity. So for me and Lola, we kicked it. We got Mm. really close and we, um, for better or worse, there was a period in time where I think she did definitely want to go live with my ex. Uh, Mm. I was not happy in my career and I was not happy at home and I couldn't find a rhythm. And I think that was, uh, that was a good moment for us though. We realized, okay, there is a dark side to this. There is a, Mm. okay, too much of each other. And it's a gift that we have this time. Let's not abuse it by, um, all the ways that we do, right? It's right. It's a gift. And so I think it did definitely start when I was a single mom. I realized that this is a fleeting moment in our in our lifeline where we're a mom. 18 years goes by so fast. You're never not a mom, but they don't need you the same way when they grow up. And so I, I thought, okay, I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life if I don't just slow the hell down. Mm-hmm. And that was hard for a lot of people to understand. It was hard for my ex, but I have her most of the time. So it was 
was my decision. Right, for sure. <laughs> okay, speaking back to confetti. I I have always made confetti. I enjoy including it in cards. I enjoy making it as a cathartic craft activity. Really? Uh, okay. Oh yeah. Okay. It's fun. And it's something that as a, I used to be a lot more in the realm of sending photo discs and packages and prints in the mail for my clients. Yeah. And I would include like a little handful of confetti, just a little sprinkling, <laughs> just uh, either ruin their day if they hate confetti or make it brighter. With That's confetti. what I was going to say. A, <laughs> is it always their brand? Like, hey, I know you'll love these colors. And then B, right. do you have the type A person who's like, oh, thanks a lot, Kylie. No, I vacuum. <laughs> I have had those people. And I... I will not, I will not send it in the mail anymore. I now I just give it to people that I know are like really into confetti. So it's I toned it back a little. But seriously, I like- do you go around and just like sprinkle people with it? <laughs> I mean, do you know who Bob Goff is? He shows yes. up with balloons. Is it like do you just show up and start throwing confetti? That'd be amazing. Well, now, now we're going to, but you know, it's really not something I ever thought to monetize because it's confetti for Pete's yeah. sake. But confetti's kind of having a moment for one and also yeah. my last name just rhymes with confetti so that at, at, at a very late age in life I realized that a mentor pointed it out he was like you do have mm-hmm. a marketable brand name if you mm-hmm. wanted to turn this into something that you sell um but again I'm, I'm busy you know I produce my husband's movies and I take photos of people places brands products all kinds of stuff I was like not into starting another company I thought that right. sounded scary and I didn't want to do it um and then this idea came to me as it so often does in the car when I'm driving, I'm very open and I don't text and drive and I look out the window and I don't really even listen to music because I don't drive often. So I like mm. to see the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought if we could make this a business that employs people transitioning out of something into something else, something they're leaving something behind. I thought at first homelessness, I thought that would be a good space to start with. That's a huge undertaking. It's one of those mm. multi-layer problems that yeah. maybe people can't hear. All of a sudden the idea in my head like what about people in rehab and it was just an lol idea like that's funny maybe that would work I don't know but I thought about it for a long time and and my ideas tend to fester a lot before they flourish so I I didn't do anything with confetti I really ignored it I focused on girl creative I focused on Kylie and Christian and I just kind of like kept confetti in the back of my mind thinking about it um until a rehab facility reached out to me and no way yes (laughs) This is the first time I've told this story, so I'm excited that we're talking about it. Uh, they reached out for video, which is something, oh. obviously, we do. We love we love storytelling. We love telling all kinds of stories, so this was right up our alley. But in the meeting about video and then subsequently photo, I just could not stop talking about confetti. So we are partnering with Wayside Treatment Center. Yeah, it's yes. a women-only treatment center that also treats the child of the addict. So the person coming in with multiple family traumas can really heal. And that Mm. to me was such a huge model as someone who also, I partied hard before I had a kid. I did Mm. not, I don't know where I would have ended up, but I do know that having Lola saved my life in a lot of ways. And it forced me, it gave me an out. It gave me an excuse like, no guys, sorry, I don't have it in me to go party this weekend. I'm pregnant. You know, (laughs) I'll drive, but I can't go. And obviously I would never anyway, but it was just a great excuse. And so I felt like I was fortunate to have had her in my yeah. early twenties before addiction gripped me if it was going to. So I, I just unloaded on them and I said, I want to train your women to make confetti. And then I want the world to know that they're celebrating with confetti that was made by women who are sober. And mm, I love that. And we're doing it. We're actually doing it. That's incredible. Like a celebration for everyone. The recipient, the person who's making it, you know, that's it's full circle amazing. joy. Amazing. That is so cool. 
And so that's keeping me really busy right now. It's, um, it's taken the confetti operation from my living room to like every other part of my house. I, I was joking. I said, this will get the confetti out of my living room. And Christian, my husband, my husband will be so happy that it's not all over the place. And now it just is everywhere. It's in yeah. my car. It's like, it's in, in your hair. Shoes. Yep. So was Leonetti your birth name or is it Christian's last name? It's my last name. So I had okay. a really, uh, my first marriage, I changed my name. I got five last names out of the deal. I swear it was the funniest relationship, but, um, I didn't want to do that again. I, I didn't want to lose my last name. I also, my dad is a really badass guy. So I was like, you know what? If we do cool stuff, I want to have like Leonetti in there somehow. Cause my dad is just like one of those people that his name will never die. So I'm like, all right, oh, next we're going to do maybe Leonetti spaghetti. Who knows? You know, it could be <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice a family enterprise. But there yeah. you go. There you go. You can pass it on to the next generation and all of those women too. All those women have a generational impact, which is really neat. Well, and it's really affecting the way a lot of my peers see their process because I have a friend who mm. packages gift boxes curated with Minnesota gifts. Uh, she's actually using Wayside Women now as well to help them pack. And it's kind of one of those ways you aren't thinking until you're thinking that way. And now I'm yeah. thinking of all the small businesses I know. And if they had any employment opportunity, there's just such a need after rehab to go do something to, yeah, I get this, no kidding. I get this email all the time and it's like, I'm in treatment. I'm sober and I need something to do. Mm -hmm. And there's this like white space for people who don't have steady income or a job or anything like that. They don't have much to do. And this is such a little thing to do. I don't know, Becca, you have to help me cut confetti sometime. It's, it's pretty fun. <laughs> you know, I will, you know, I'm all I'll over bring that. It to you. Done. And I'll vacuum. Done. Yeah. You will have to vacuum because I am the type A person that would be very upset, <laughs> but I would totally do that in a heartbeat. And this is what I love about, you know, Obviously, I'm passionate about social impact, and I'm really passionate about empowering women through work and economic development. This is a huge part of Emerge Mothers Academy. And one of our partners, Rise Up Cleaning, does the same, like, she employs women who are reclaiming their lives. That's her, her specific words are, you weren't, this isn't about you having an addiction. This isn't about you being a certain kind of person that society didn't know how to employ. This is about you reclaiming your life, present, active, tensing, you know, and let yes. me have you do a job where you walk away feeling like I accomplished something. This is what I love about right. confetti. As you cut it, you can literally see the product and that you had a hand in it. <laughs> and it is so pretty. I got the first box I got back. So what I do is I take kits and I put it together with everything they would need. And I tell them how I would cut the confetti. And then I tell them how I would like it to look. I you know, encourage them to browse the internet to look at the photos. Mm. And then when I get it back... I can tell they're a little skeptic when they pick up the kit. They're like, okay, okay, okay. And then they bring it back and they're like, look at it. And so we just look at it and it's so beautiful and colorful. And it's like they made this and they scrunched it up in their hands. And it was just something to do for three hours while their kids were sleeping. Yes. And that is, that's the model I saw in my mind is, oh my gosh, when I was that single mom, I did not have things when something came up like Lola needs new shoes. Uh, okay. I can go to Target and buy the cheapest shoes I can find right. that are going to break in three weeks. I also probably could buy something a little nicer if I had a job that provided a little bit of income. It's not, we're not full-time employing women to cut confetti. We're just encouraging them if they have a few hours a night, a few hours a week, however they can do it to just pick up a confetti yeah. making shift. Yeah. Amazing. So are you wholesaling the kit or the papers or is half of it tissue and half is paper? And I mean, where do you get it? And then you train them? 
<laughs> so I will, I will say that it is tissue paper. And the first wedding I did, uh, someone looked at it and said, well, it's just tissue paper. And I, I'm, I percolated over that for a while. And I thought, <laughs> and I thought rude. And then I thought, well, it is just tissue paper. And I have a really great mentor who like pushes my buttons and she goes, it's garbage paper, but you spin it, you make it yes. beautiful and you make it a process that people want to, it's, they want to support it because of the women. And so, um, yeah, it is, it is just tissue paper and I'm not wholesaling to kids at all. It's literally like sign up online and then they can make a okay. kit. It's so yeah. simple. And I, you know, I knew, I knew going in this would happen, but I'm an, I'm an, a detrimentally optimistic person, I think to the point where I will just run into something, even if I know, uh, we already had a, a kit come, come, not come back to us yet. So we, we have some confetti floating mm. out there in the world. We have had some unreliability. One of my, uh, confetti makers has relapsed. There's a few things going on that break my heart in a million ways. And it just encourages me that I have to keep going. I have to keep doing this because for every one that flakes on me and doesn't bring her kit back, the kits are $8. I mean, I am out $8 and for every one that doesn't bring it back, you know, so far 15 will. And it's just, it's yeah. a great, it's a great formula because there is going to be some unreliability when you're working in a space with people who haven't held a job, yeah. with people who are focusing on their own sobriety and, and their own health right now, which is incredibly important. And I recognize that. So I'm not, I'm not a hammer as a boss. I would say I'm a little bit more of like a confetti cannon. Like, <laughs> I will blow up your inbox to try to find that confetti, but if it goes away forever, then I'll pray for you. And I, I I wish you well. And that's just how it's going to go. Well, then you think, is the confetti just sitting in your closet or did you actually sprinkle it on (laughs) someone? I hope you at least sprinkled it on someone. I hope you had some fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's way too funny. Okay. That's so amazing. So you just, are you only partnered up with them right now? With We're only partnered with them right now. We have a couple of other organizations on our radar, actually, including Emerge. And I would love to expand the opportunity in the future. Right now, we're also looking at a really big opportunity with RAS and Mall of America um, sure. to help to help them celebrate their grand opening. That's so amazing. I'm focusing. I can't wait. It's it's going to be bananas. There's going to be confetti all over that mall. Do you know what I really want to see is like either at the Republic Convention or the Democratic <laughs> Convention, like just Leonetti confetti flying yes! everywhere. <laughs> Really, I've never seen more confetti than at those events. That's why it's in my mind. And I just need to know it's your brand. I just need to know that. Well, we had a guy who shoots commercials for the NFL reach out and he wanted to know if I could put (gasps) together some cannons that explode as players walk down a runway. And that was what that was back in the spring. And that was what made me go, pardon my French, holy shit, people want this confetti. They don't want, they want a product that they know, process, heart, thought all of that went into and they're willing to pay a little bit more for it because it's made by women in their own recovery, right. which also blows my mind because, you know, again, it's garbage paper. It's beautiful garbage paper, but it ends up in the wastebasket and that is okay. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> we do have some really fun products though. We have one that I love, 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 love. It's uh, uh, basically a push up. If you remember those from your childhood full of confetti. Of course I so, do. Oh yeah. And you can use it for something like that after you're done. But what's great is you'll watch kids and they'll have them for their birthday party and they'll shoot them off and the confetti will go everywhere and everyone loves it. And then it's like a madhouse of six-year-olds on the floor scraping the confetti back up to shoot it again. And so they do it again and again. And it's, that's fun. So tell me how you, like, what are you half engineer? Like you figured out how to take something that's lighter than air essentially, (laughs) but give it enough pressure behind it to... Oh, I have a friend. I have. I a was going to say, if it was yeah, you who figured this me. out, I'm nope. going to start having like 
girl woo moments. Okay. No, I wish my brain worked mathematically, but I have a friend who does, and she's great at engineering, orchestrating all kinds of things. She's the one helping me with the cannons. So That's it's, incredible. It's not just me. And I should also say that for every company I start or business I do, I have like so many people that help me do it. It's not just me. It's not just me. And it never, ever, ever should be, right? No. no. Like, I have learned this lesson. Okay, so Emerge is almost, well, seven years old, I think. Gosh, wow. Wow. Um, and, and I remember, you know, like you're pioneering something and it has to be you and you're wearing every hat. But then totally. every year as you grow, you learn that you actually accomplish more by delegating it out, finding talent around you, getting yep. over yourself to trust someone else. Like the, okay, hello lesson, like get over yourself. Probably someone can actually do it better than you. Right. And, and just surrounding yourself with that kind of talent, like, oh, agreed. Well, and I think that for me, I hired Christian before we ever even dated. And so it was like, I kind of had his- Stop it. Wait, is that how you met? (laughs) Yes. So I met him because I was directing live TV for a church and we had a very sparse database of of volunteer camera operators. It's a hard sell on a beautiful Sunday night to come run camera inside. But uh, we had a few high schoolers that were doing it. Anyway, one night I found myself just like, up shit creek without a paddle we have seven <laughs> camera positions and two camera operators and i was like we are we are not even at half capacity we got to get more camera operators my friend had gone to film school and she had sent out a text message to a few friends and the only one who replied was christian and uh he came mm. and volunteered at a church to run camera a church he yeah. did not go to and at that point i was not aware he was a christian so for me i just saw the character of a man who would like yeah i'll go run camera you need a volunteer that's cool and he right. just showed up I mean, I had to pick him up because he lived in Loring Park and did not know where Brooklyn Park was. So <laughs> I had to pick him up. But he, like, walked out of his apartment. I picked him up, and my jaw went, like, <laughs> and he, like, asked me, he's, like, Love. everything okay? And I was, like, it's cool. No, you're, like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. Just get in the car. Never Wait, leave. so did he have the beard and everything back then? No. Oh, I was no. going to say, yeah. you were digging the beard? Because when my husband has like the 21 inch <laughs> beard, I'm like, I'm like, it's, it's closed season, you know? Yeah. Like, it's closed. Okay. Yeah. So he did not have the beard. Okay. He did not have the beard. He's really, uh, he calls it letting himself go. I think it's embracing himself. He's a mountain man. That's cool. Uh, but I know. He, so is mine. Oh, yeah. And it's I'm like, are. I should have mountain legs then. I'm going to have mountain legs. Okay. <laughs> who, who says I don't? well okay okay (laughs) but I think when you start a relationship that way you know I mean for me it was like less about exploiting him and more about encouraging him I thought okay if I'm already I was already producing I was already doing segments and I was producing for it was a church but we had the sound stage of NBC it was beautiful it was the kind of place where Mm. you could try and experiment a lot of things my husband calls it paid film school so I was definitely in a position to hire him and it only seemed logical that I would help him grow and we didn't start our company until we had already been together for five, four wow. years. Sure. Four years. So, so uh, you were producing, but he was already a filmmaker. He was, and that's truly all he was doing. He was at the Walker Art Center okay. doing oh, gallery okay. Yes, and so he was already kind of only doing film. He did not really understand how to move that uh, into commercial. So that yeah. was something I was able to help him with: is bridge the gap between art and making money, which is, it's a huge divide. There's not enough opportunity out there for people to make art as their job. And and we saw that he was already really passionate about what he was doing. And so it was easy to sell that to our clients and say, Hey, this guy's been making films. He's out of film school. He's ready to do work. And 
it doesn't hurt either that we were considerably cheaper than most people because we were so new. We were like 23, 25 years yeah. old. It was not, yeah, it wasn't something where we were coming out charging the big bucks. We, yeah. We still don't charge the big bucks. We don't know what the big bucks are. But <laughs> Well, here's what I say. Do something. Well, and I also love that you, he brought passion and you brought a network and your skill mm. in producing. Like what a cool blend of your two skills. But I, to me, Thank it's you. like, you don't need to charge big bucks if you can produce a great product that people want and live, you know, like pay yourself, please. Obviously, but yes. like, why, why does anyone just need so many zeros behind their name? I, I Really, truly, I don't know. Like, what it's does kind money of really get you? Yeah. Right. And yeah. so since I've worked on some bigger commercials and seen the way the bloat comes in every department, it's every department spends whatever they want. We just tried to distill that process without the bloat to our clients to give them yeah. big budget production on a low budget or a medium budget, medium budget, we'll say. Yeah. Yeah. That's what medium we'll say. budget. Right. Anyway, it costs money. Totally. It, they do. And I think, you know, because he still does things like make a documentary every year and things like that, it's really easy for us to stay consistent in, okay, we aren't going to sell out. Not that I believe there is a form of selling out that would be... Mm bad I just think it's not for us it's not you know and so he, he stays fresh in his art and he keeps totally. me and he keeps me thinking of new ways to I mean I never would have thought confetti is shocking and I, I never would have thought but he was also the one who would like sit there with me and say okay but if you did make this a business you could be like some of the greats that I admire like Brit and Co who doesn't love Brit and Co mm. or oh happy day or all of the other party shops that are basically Instagram machines that drive sales back to their website. I'm like, okay, we're going to grow mm -hmm. to that point. And because we have a heart mission behind what we're selling, it's going to last. It's going to be residual. Maybe we won't be making just confetti forever. Maybe it'll be a whole party line, but no it's going to stick around. It's not going to just go away because there's a bigger mission than me behind yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so easy to hand down. I mean, when you're post founder era, you could either yeah. hand it to your daughter or hand it to the next generation. And it just seems like each generation is more and more concerned about social impact, exactly. you know, and, and the larger scale and brand of how people are impacted rather than just hitting the bottom line. So that's, that's really neat too. Totally. And this is the first time I've really talked about it. I've been kind of just in the middle of it all. I have a few friends who are like, I haven't seen you in so long. And I'm like, I have been so buried in confetti. I've just been so busy. So this, it feels, this is a, this is a very encouraging conversation, Becca. Oh, good. Hey, that's <laughs> what I'm here for. Like, I love nothing more than building up women, single moms, especially, but all kinds of women, and then and eliciting ideas out of people where they feel confident about themselves. Yes. This is like, this is my purpose and meaning in life. <laughs> Yay! Well, and truly, I think that by being around other women, it's, it's just keeping it before me how very vulnerable being a single mom can feel and it doesn't have to be we can create community where there is no community we can build each other up even if we don't know what the end result of that looks like we can just no say kidding. hey i got i got you and if there's anything you need let me know and that's something that most people will never take you up on so minnesotans can all calm down because no one's really going to ask them for help but the fact that you're there for them it never goes away that right. feeling doesn't and i, I want to encourage these women from wayside and eventually with whoever we partner with that it doesn't matter what you want to do. If you do something for a cause greater than yourself. And for me, it's God, for me, it's just, if I can do something bigger than me for him, then that's mm. going to fulfill me in ways that doing it on my own wouldn't. And totally. it can pursue whatever crazy. One of them is like, I love to knit. I don't know. There's a lot of knitters out there. And I go, well, target sells confetti, but that's not stopping me. Mm. It's, it's not about there already being a product like what you want to make. It's about how do you bring who you are, and what you stand for into that product. I love that's, that. That's what's going to change the world. That's what we need more of. 
I love that. I think this is probably a big reason why you started Girl Creative, you know, not only to empower and equip one another and and cheer on each other's ideas, but also so that, you know, if there is a single woman, um, single mom, (laughs) someone with no experience, someone with corporate only experience, nervous about being an entrepreneur, you come together in, in a room where there's this energy. I mean, I've been at Girl Creative events. There's this energy where it's like, no idea is terrible. Right. Unless it's kept a secret. Exactly. And and just, let's just try your idea. Let's just try it. Do it. Yeah. Well, so one example I love of that is, you know, Girl Creative started largely for me because I didn't have a ton of creative friends and I didn't have mm-hmm. a lot in common with my friends who, who weren't creative. I didn't have, and I was also, I, I kind of was the only one on my second marriage. That was just something that in the back of my head, I was like, <laughs> I need, I need friends who that doesn't matter for. Uh, <laughs> Hey, hand is raised over here. Hand is raised. I'm the only one in my friend group has been married twice and was a single mom. But single moms are everywhere. There's 88,000 in the Twin Cities. So they must be everywhere. And moms in general, too. I think that I had, okay, at least like camps of friends where I was like, I had friends who had no kids and we just had honestly nothing in common anymore, which was hard to admit. I had friends who had kids, but also perfect marriages. And then you're like, Oh, I, my mess is not welcome here. Okay. I'll take it. Uh, And then I had friends who were like, okay, I'm having kids. I'm happy. What do we do now? And so I kind of started girl creative with them in mind too. My best friend had had a kid and she's like, ah, who am I anymore? And I'm like, let's get you out networking, meeting people, having fun, hanging out. And then you'll remember who you are. And it happened for all of us. We all are a little more in touch with who we are because of Girl Creative. I have to say, I have to brag on the group a little bit. Last June in 2017, we had a lady come, just a wonderful gal, just had had a baby, her first. And she was that mess that we all are after we have a baby. And she, I mean, she was like three months out and she still was that mess. And I love her so much. I won't call her by name, but I'll tell you what her company is at the end of this. Uh, She had this idea and just wanted to come and meet people and talk about it. And which is huge in itself for, you know, a new mom to come out and have that acknowledgement of, I need to see some, some people and talk about my idea. So she did. And she came to Girl Creative. And a year later to the month, she had launched her skincare line and it's called For Me by Marnie. And she credits the cojones, the, the ovaries. I like to say the ovaries to do this idea <laughs> I love because it. of the other women that were like, yeah, go for it. You can't, you can't stop now. You already told us about it. We're going to ask you about it at the next Girl Creative event. So you exactly. can't check it out. We're going to hold you accountable to that blog that you want to start, that Etsy shop you want to launch, that even that research grant you want to get, we're going to ask you, like, how's it going? I know you were writing a lot last time I saw you. We're not going to let you slide by without making a friend. And once you're our friend, there's really, the accountability is so fun. It's mm-hmm. not like a networking group where it's like, oh, what do you do for a job? It's like, how do you spend your days? What lights you up? What makes you passionate? What do you want to do? to make a difference in the world? Do you have kids? If you do, do you want to do something big and pass it on to them? I mean, we talk about deep stuff at Girl Creative and I don't think we could do that if we were exclusive in any way. We're open invite. To my knowledge, I think we are the only open invite networking event that does not require you to RSVP. Hmm. So we we just, if you show up, you show up. If you don't show up, you don't. Um, Which may I say, they're very well run too. It's not like people just show up and it's haphazard (laughs) and somebody gets a drink and somebody doesn't. Like they're very well, I'm just very impressed with you. Oh, thank you. We try to button things up really well so that it's an easy experience because there is nothing worse than coming to a, a, a social networking or otherwise networking event and like wondering where to park. 
So we always try to post yeah. that and say like, Hey, this is where we're meeting. This is where you can park. Or like, will there be food? We always let people know if there will be food or if there won't be food. And it's just those mm -hmm. things that um, are barriers for a lot of women, especially women who have any kind of mental health or anxiety, uh, which is mental health. It's a barrier to come if you have questions. If you're wondering, mm -hmm. like, are there girls like me? Hell yes, there are girls like you. I don't know what right. you look like, but I bet that there's some personalities <laughs> that you resonate with in the room. I right. hope you don't care what you look like because some girls come straight from the gym. <laughs> I know. I love that. I know. What, the one I was at most recently, um, I think you, me, a couple other people were wearing dresses because it was a Sunday. We probably all came from church or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then there were seriously some people with like a mess bun and I'm pretty sure they were still sweating. And I was like, yes. I, this is my place. Uh, this is great. <laughs> well, and the other thing that's great about it is like, maybe there's that friend you've always been following on Instagram and she's been following you back. Who doesn't do that? Right. And then it's like, I think that was me and you. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! And it's like, let's meet a girl creative. It's a safe space. It's an awesome place. We all will get along. And if mm -hmm. you know, if, it, if you're wondering what I'm like in real life, I'll be, I'll be a girl creative. That's where I'll be. Yeah. It also was, um, truly just a way and I, I can't deny the effect it's had on our company because I wanted to promote more of an equality centric. I don't say femme centric anymore because I think that true equality is what the world needs, but mm. I do believe that to get there, we have to be a little bit the future is female, but I do love, I mean, I have nephews, I have only nephews and I look at them and I'm like, well, if the future is female, what does that mean for them? Yes. So yeah, it's equality, right. equality centric production company. I mean, we, most of our shoots have 50% or more women roles. And so that is a rarity in the production industry. And we wanted to get out there more and meet other people who would like that and who that would drive with. So I can't deny the effect that starting Girl Creative has had on Kylie and Christian Creative. Um, it's just brought more people to our door. And and even even if we don't work together or collaborate, I feel like now we have this network of people who just like are like, yeah, you guys are awesome. And that's not something you can have if you are an island out at sea. It's not right. something you could have if you're just like hiding behind your computer. You have to get out face to face in real life and, and meet people. Well, and you guys put in the time. I mean, you didn't expect when you were 25 to be like, yes, now we're filmmakers. Oh. And, you know, like you put in the time. And right. whether you have a long, slow growth or you have like a pretty fast growth and you know how to maintain it with integrity, like no matter what, you're putting in the work. And growth hurts. I think that as we've learned when we have babies, our bodies stretch in many natural that feel unnatural ways. And it's like suddenly we're enormous and, and our bodies stretch and that is what it does, but it hurts. Yeah. It really hurts. And people who want to skip the hurt of growth, but have that end goal of growth, it's not going to work out for them because you're right. right. If, if, it go, if it happens overnight or it happens over the course of your lifetime, growth is stretchy and it hurts. And yeah. uh, I, would, I would argue the overnight growth hurts worse, I would say. Well, because you haven't had that transformative formation, you know, you're not forming, you're just like shooting up out of your own britches, you know, that's right. just, yeah. And owie, I mean, you've, you've seen those boys that once they hit puberty and then they get really tall all of a sudden overnight, they like, almost look like their limbs hurt because it's like, they just And their can't. stretch, their stretch marks are going the other way. And you're like, yes. oh, you poor thing. You just shot straight up. I mean, this is yes. my, my middle brother. I think he's six, five. I don't know. He's, and his stretch marks go the other way. Of course, mine yes. go. Mine go yeah. up and down, but <laughs> like, I know, oh, mine too. I was know, that painful? Like, I know. Right. And then they have these like super mega long arms they don't know what to do with. And they have these legs and it's like, what do you do? And I guess like maybe some of the projects I worked on, I had a project when I was in my twenties that did have like really overnight. It was the result of a lot of work, but the success happened pretty overnight mm. and it killed us. It killed mm. us. It, it wow. forced me. 
it forced me to get face to face with my values really quickly. All of a sudden I had these new arms, which were resources that I didn't know how to manage. I had all of a sudden legs that could take me places, but I didn't know where the hell I wanted to go. And it was very hard for me and it did not work out for me. And so I, I, the slow growth, slow growth, slow growth has been my mantra ever since because I just don't want something, nothing good is constructed overnight. Right. You know, as much as do you watch the office? Uh, okay. (laughs) That's, that has so many caveats. Okay. Uh, in short, I will say if it is on because my husband is watching it, I will glance, but I would never <laughs> choose to. Okay. So the main character is Michael Scott. And oh, he has I, yeah. This thing mm-hmm. Where he's like, they build them overnight on HGTV. Why can't we? And oh, HGTV. Funny, <laughs> funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was watching the episode where that was on the other night, and I just thought about it, and I was like, okay. So that's the immature mindset. That's, that's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like when people stamp their feet and whine and look up at God and shake their fists and say, why not now? And it's yeah. like, God, God is instilling in me this desire for deep, slow growth. And that's something that started definitely when I became a single mom and realized mm-hmm. that I wasn't going to have a white picket life. And it was very hard for me at first, but very transformative to accept that and be like, okay, totally. so grow me slowly. And I, I would say like, you know, if I'm in my forties and, and this happens and now it's happening, you know, and I'm 31. So it's like, okay, give God a long deadline. And usually things happen a lot sooner than you expect them. But if exactly. you expect something to happen tomorrow, you're almost always going to be disappointed. And do you really want it if it happens tomorrow? No. Right. Or are she ready for that? Are you actually ready for that? Right. Cause everything has a repercussion that you can't even anticipate. Absolutely. Yeah. I hear you on like the single mom perspective kind of thing, you know, or even if we did or did not dream of about the picket fence or we even did have it, mm-hmm. it is so unpredictable when your co-parent or husband leaves yes. that you just have to reframe everything about, okay, who am I for the sake of this next generation? Like, who am I for this girl who is going to look into my eyes every day and wonder if I, like, did I truly have enough gumption and integrity to be the person that she needed to look up to, you know? And if you use that in business, it, it will carry you so far as an entrepreneur because you are trustworthy, you are ethical, and you, like, you stick to your word because you showed up every night to get that kid again, you know? Yeah. It does build this sort of like, whether I like it or not, resiliency in you, doesn't it? Because you're like, oh, totally. I don't. And, and to be clear, I was the lever. I was the one who thought, okay, so mm. I got pregnant before um, Lola's dad and I were not together anymore. And I found out I was oh, okay. months after and we tried to make it work. We got back together and mm. we got married and we got married after she was born. She wasn't at the wedding. It was an entirely justice of the peace conducted in Spanish wedding. Um, I got married for a lot of reasons, but the biggest one being the immigration reform. I was terrified that this person who I loved apparently enough to have a child conceived inside of me with was going to get deported. And I love him as a person. And so I thought, all right, let's get married. But it was pretty apparent to me uh, why we broke up again. As soon as, basically as soon as we were married, it was like, okay, we're just not right for each other. And that's fine. The moment I realized that I was 21 and I thought to myself, I was writing, I try to always write this practice and I was writing very dark things, things that I thought, Mm. Oh my God, I would never have thought I'd be writing this. I have a child. I should be so happy. And I thought, is this the mom I want her to see? Is this the person I was so unhappy that I couldn't be happy for anyone. I couldn't even go to friends weddings because I was so Mm. unhappy with myself and who I was and where I was in life. And 
it just was not me. I'm like, this is not who I am. I've always been a pretty optimistic person and I was doomed. I was convinced mm. I was doomed. And I thought, okay, I read over some of my writings and I thought if this is the person I'm comfortable with her seeing, if I were to die and she discovered these journals, then I will keep going. And I read them and every page was a resounding, like, get out, get out, right. get out, get out. Yeah get out and leave, get out. And so, um, I did. And then I just carry with me a little bit of the guilt of, you know, not having had something work out that people thought should work out. And that's, that takes a couple of years to unpack, but we, <laughs> I'm sure you yeah. know exactly what that feels like when you make of the course. best decision, you make the best decision for your child, the best decision for you. And then all of a sudden you start thinking of the opinions and beliefs of everyone around you. And you're like, wait, wait, what got me here? Okay. Yeah. Me and Lola, me and Lola, me and Lola. I remember being, uh, at Walmart with her at 11 p.m. and she was just not even two yet. She was barefoot and she was crying. And the reason we were there was because I hadn't set up a place for us to stay that night because I had left my ex and I was 21 and I didn't know where to go. And my parents were just not supportive. They really wanted me to stay with my husband. They really, they were convinced that I was making a bad decision. And so I did, couldn't go to them. And I called my childhood best friend and I was like, hey, buddy, he's a guy. I'm like, can I talk to your wife? <laughs> so I asked his wife. I'm like, I know you guys have a house and you're trying to have kids and that's great. Can me and Lola crash there for a while? And we ended up staying there for four months mm. and it was enough time for me to save money to get an apartment and move out on my own. But right. just have, having to make that call and having to ask, that was probably my rock bottom. That was probably the lowest. You're at Walmart at 11 PM, first of all, with barefoot a barefoot, child. Scre barefoot screaming child because you had an arranged a place to sleep that night. That yeah. is... I was like, okay, okay, you're a mom. Get it together. Get it together. You can do this. You have more inside of you. You can do this. You just have to ask for help. And so asking them to let me stay. And they were pretty shocked I was ready to leave at four months because I think they were expecting it to be a lot longer. But I just was like, I don't want to inconvenience you guys. You're going to have kids in this house someday. Like, right. you, you don't need us here for longer than that. So it was right. for me just a very, very stepping stone, not Amazing. Permanent. I mean, first of all, you were smart to ask the wife. <laughs> yes. Second. Second, I hear you on that, like, that raw Walmart floor kind of feeling of, oh, my word, I, I was entrusted with this human. Like, what am I doing? Me and Addie have this, like, little term, you know, there's more in you. Like, I know you want to give up on this or that or X, Y, and Z. And it's like, there's more in you. Dig in there and decide what kind of life you're going to have. And thank God someone gave you the four-month bridge. Yeah, because then you said, okay, now I'm course correcting this whole mess. And this is who I am. And this is how I will raise her. Yes. And I thought she's not going to find journal entries that see a mom who has all the regret in the world. She's going to nope. see journal entries that say, this is hard as hell and this hurts, but it's yeah. going to be good. I don't know what it looks like, but it's going to be good. And I just have to keep going and writing it and out. I'll helps. Fix it. Yep. Yes. And we have this song. There's a song by Alicia Keys um, called no one. And it's probably, yeah. <laughs> it's the sweetest song. And I think people mean it for like a love relationship, um, with a husband or a wife or something like that. Right. But like, for right. me, it was always about Lola and like, it came out and it was all over the radio the day she was born, the week she was born, it was everywhere. Oh. And I just remember holding her and just being like 20, just 21, almost to a month. And being like, there's no one in the world, no one, but you, even if everything else falls apart or goes my way there's still no one but you and if I can mm. always hold on to that so we can't like hear that song without crying she's <laughs> she's a crier we have a crier on our hands and I'm, I love it we cry we're, oh, we are a safe so place dear. to cry 
That is so dear. Oh, my word. You have created things that matter. And you are doing things that empower women and instill belief in themselves. And if nothing else, I believe that you're doing that for your daughter. And that is what's meaningful to me. So I thank you. I commend you for everything that you've done and all the ways that you have looked at rock bottom and said, this cannot, this will not define me. So you're an amazing woman. I really appreciate your mic time and the time that you took today uh, to be on the To Emerge podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And honestly, getting me to think about this is inspiring right now because I think when you're in the thick of a business, it can be easy to focus on the swamp that you're standing in. And so this felt, this felt very encouraging to uh, look at my journey. So thank you for having yes. me. Well, you know what, too? The swamp has like lily pads that you grab onto, and that's just the one you look at for that day. Like, <laughs> just do it. I'm going to be looking at this lily pad a lot longer than just today. So thank you so much. See? Oh, what a pleasure. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, Becca. Bye, hun. The To Emerge podcast is brought to you by Emerge Mothers Academy. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a positive review. A special thanks to our media manager, Laurel Goulson, and to Jessica Manning for our music. 